I'm Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast psychologist. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast psychologist. And this is When East Meets West. Pete, we're going to talk about risk-taking today. And the reason I'm excited about talking about risk-taking is, you know, that the term risk or the word risk has a lot of negative connotations when, you know, risk-taking isn't actually all bad. It's actually I've already well- started sweating. You already started sweating. Because <laughs> you're, you're making me you're- nervous. You're going to make me do things that I don't want to do today. <laughs> oh, well, we're already, we're already on a... Um, uh, a helpful uh, conversational track here then, because that actually speaks to how it gets negatively judged, right? Sure As something does. bad. Yes. Um, so anyway, so hello, welcome. Uh, oh, thrilled to be here to talk about <laughs> risk taking. You know, I used to be a risk taker-ish. I mean, I was never, I was never really that. You and I, you and I were probably never huge risk taker. No. no. I mean. No. <laughs> no. I mean, well, so well, I think, well, I think what you're <laughs> highlighting is maybe we could start by saying this way. You're referring to, I think, how the the phrase risk taking is um, generally utilized, which is like I would no. say talking about like more impulsive behaviors, right? Is that sort of what you're getting no, at? No, I'm just bit? thinking. No, no, no. Oh no, oh no. My apologies, I was, did not read your mind well there. I mean, you almost always do, but for some reason <laughs> you did it right there. No, I mean, I think because sometimes the risk taking, at least that I'm thinking about, also requires planning or can you know actually be organized sure you know, okay so, okay that's fair yeah right so like people take organized trips to like crazy places to go hiking or like you're, you're thinking like more thrill oriented kind of yeah well that's risk yeah. i guess oh, I, no no totally yeah well, that's why i'm sweating yeah yeah okay i fair. feel like you're gonna make me do something today that like oh, I would to something. Ne- no i will never make you do something you, <laughs> you, you're not you're not not willing to do well okay so i think um no thank you for uh, explaining that so i i think that that's maybe the other side of like the common um, like definitions most people have about risk-taking is that they would say either number one, as I was just saying, impulsive behavior. So sort of react. So like a, an example might be, um, like gambling very literally, right. Gambling is risk-taking, right. Very literally. And and it's associated with impulsivity. Mm -hmm. Um, what Pete's talking about is also really important, which would be risk-taking that's associated with like an adrenaline rush, right. Like thrill, Yes. seeking behaviors like so you know maybe going on you know summiting a really like difficult you know mountain or you know big wave surfing or oh, that's um, you well i'm not no see i not like surfing big waves but i have friends that do i do not see i do not like that um but you or, surf yeah but by the but way not, just surfing could be risky taking. i mean sure well Come so on. well yeah yeah well but i think <laughs> well, that's it's gonna be a nice segue into like everything is technically can be risk-taking, right? Mm, that's a good but, one. Yeah. So, but I think, but I want to start by just identifying that that's what we tend to view it as, right? Is like kind of more impulsive behaviors or these more sort of thrill-seeking behaviors, which yeah. could, you know, um, the thrill-seeking behaviors may or may not be effective, right? Like they, you know, you could, if there's, you know, very famous, uh, speaking of big wave servers, Laird Hamilton is, you know, he's, he's like a, he's, very, very famous, married to Gabrielle Reese, the volleyball player. Um, yeah. And he, um, is, I think it's sort of like the inventor of toe in surfing where like these like 50 foot waves, they tow them in on jet skis. Um, so, so he, you know, that's obviously a risk, right. Um, but that's, you know, that's what he, uh, and that's what I think about when I think about risk-taking. 
Yeah. And I think a lot of people do. And so that's going to depend on an individual about how much risk they're willing to tolerate, how much discomfort they're willing to tolerate. Right. Though, you know, risk-taking in general, right. Isn't necessarily always about something impulsive, like gambling or like getting towed into a 50 foot wave that we take risks every moment we make a choice. Can I ask, why do you think maybe I'm saying that? Like, what do you, can you read my mind in that moment? Well, not really, except that. Well, I bet you can. I mean, I know that just walking on the street can be a risk and just driving to the supermarket is a risk. I mean, there's inherently living is a risk. Yes. You've read my mind. Well, I know. Yeah. You, that's totally, that's right. We, we are the same person, but you know, <laughs> the, the reason that I'm having, and I'm, I guess I'm being a little catastrophic in the way that I'm <laughs> approaching this, but the, one of the definition um, risk-taking from APA is a pattern of unnecessarily engaging in activities or behaviors that are dangerous or highly subject to chance. So I that's, that's what I keep it- thinking about. Well, because well, I think, well, so that definition already, it's like built in, there's a negative judgment about what risk-taking is. And I think right. then the problem becomes is that, you know, the human brain assumes that there's a way to be safe all the time. Right. And so to, Ooh, to, to your, yeah. And so what Pete, what you're saying is really important. It's not that it's so catastrophic. It's that I say, especially my, my folks I work with that struggle with anxiety, I say being alive is risky, mm-hmm. Right. We, yes. we're, we're not immortal. Living beings are not immortal. Being alive is inherently risky. Right. And, you know, to be really behavioral and also uh, mindfulness based about it, we never know the outcome of what we're going to do. Ever. So it doesn't mean necessarily like, you know, that risk implies physical danger, right? But like, if you tell somebody that you have romantic feelings for them, mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen. That's right. Right? That could that's be a risk. risk. That's, that's a risk. risk. Yeah. But the brain is going to say, nope, don't risk things because yeah. why? It's uncomfortable. So I think that to me, that's really important because I, I want to take it away just from the like risk means doing something that's impulsive. Risk means, you know, right. like surfing a 50 foot wave. Those are certainly risk taking behaviors that may need to be talked about and addressed. But I think most people struggle with the quote unquote, like, day-to-day risk-taking, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's something that comes up and shows itself over and over again. You know, I'll jump one of the Buddhist things that we think about uh, and, and to all the listeners there sitting, meditating is risky, Mm -hmm. you know? And so there's been things written about that and, and it's not, you know, because again, the risk suggests that there's going to be like a meteor that's going to fall out of the sky and hit you when you're on your cushion. No, I mean, just sitting in silence and still with your thoughts, you know, can be really, you know, uncomfortable. That's, that's it. It's like, it's the risk. Maybe, maybe we can define it this way. Now there's, it's, it's a willingness to take the risk to be uncomfortable. That's yes, what it is. That's right? a good def- yep. Yeah. Because, you know, you know, if we link this to, to values, as we talk a lot about on Winnie, Winnie Smith West is that, mm-hmm. um, living a values-based life requires risk-taking, right? Yes, like yes. trying, trying things, doing things that are uncomfortable, you know? So if we're saying, I, I don't want to be uncomfortable, I'm not willing to ever be uncomfortable. Number one, your world's going to be really small, but then it comes back to what I then say to patients, which is, okay, though, even in doing that, even if you're sitting alone in your room, not talking to anybody, being alive is still inherently risky. Like you're not eliminating risk from your life. What you right. are eliminating is the opportunity to feel meaning. That's right. Connection. 
Beautiful. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you're sitting in that room, avoiding connection or without the risk of connecting and eating French fries, that plate of French fries may have more risk than actually communicating. I mean, sure. I mean, that's, that's totally fair. That's totally fair. Um, Well, I'm wondering, you know, as we're talking about this, like, do you use the term risk-taking with people that you're working with? Like, do you actually say, like, do you kind of define, um, you know, acting in alignment with one's values as risk-taking? I don't, I don't know. I I was, I really went deep. If you saw my face uh, on the YouTube Uh. channel, I really was like, I, I, I guess if I had a, certain athletes I work with or high performers, they tend to be a bit more riskier, like, cause they're just sort of, they're willing to do hard they're things. They're willing to do things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but I don't know if we call it risk. Like, I think it's just what they do. So that's why I don't know if I've actually used the word risk, uh, in session. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, uh, I like to use it because I like to, yeah, because I, 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 I like to highlight, um, and validate that it's, that it's hard. Yeah. That it's uncomfortable, you know, because I also can see uh, patients a lot of times um, validating themselves or minimizing mm-hmm. when they're taking these um, these risks. Which, by the way, I think it's it's just coming to my mind too. Is that a practicing vulnerability, right? That's yes. like that's a risk, and and so you know, people will say things to me like, "Oh, yeah, I'm not, you know, climbing a, you know, like I'm climbing Mount Everest. It's not risky to just tell someone how I feel." And it's like right. I'll say okay, those are different types of risks though. Right. Right. And to your brain and your body, it is a risk because you don't know what's going to happen and and you're risking being uncomfortable. You're willing to be uncomfortable. And you, and I like that you also already brought in about safety. So I think, Mm -hmm. because as behaviors, we look at what are their Mm -hmm. safety uh, behaviors. So say more about that. Like what, what would you say are common safety uh, behaviors? And then how do you treat that? Or what do you do with that? Well, I mean, really safety behaviors are just behaviors that we engage in when we are attempting to, um, I guess I'll say it this way, attempting to eliminate risk, yeah. right? We don't, and and the risk is really, it's often, you know, it's often comes up with fear, right? Yeah. And anxiety, um, though there are behaviors where we just are trying to avoid being uncomfortable, you know, sometimes at all costs, right? right. And so that's where I you know, tend to come back to, uh, this statement with, with people where I say, yes. And we have to radically accept that being alive is inherently, inherently risky. I'll actually say, um, and I do say this quite a bit with my folks that I work with that have, um, OCD because OCD is really focused on this. I'll say yes. there's no such thing as hundred percent safety, no, no such right? Thing. There's yeah. no such thing, you know, we can be, uh, relatively safe mm-hmm. and we can't, uh, we be, again, being alive is inherently risky. So we can't, there's nothing we can do to prevent something a hundred percent, uh, from happening. Right. No, no. And that's where I think it's important to, to consider the context, the okay. content and the experience. Yes. You know, like thinking about, uh, in which context are people experiencing these ideas of risk? Uh, what's mm-hmm. the content of it? You know, is there yeah. like an underlying theme? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the experience of it. So like describing what it is non-judgmentally, yeah. and then also just behaviorally thinking about what someone's willing to do and not do. Yeah, no, I'm glad that you're, uh, you know, breaking it down to those three components. Cause I think that's important um, because, you know, Pete and I want to make clear here, we're not advocating for impulsivity, right? Right. We're not advocating for reactivity. So, you know, we're really advocating here for, um, I would say maybe we call, you know, people say like calculated risks, but maybe, maybe a better way to say it would be 
um, mindful risk taking. Yeah, I like that. Right. Because you said gambling, which is good. And then I just think of like the stock market, you know, like anyone in finance. It's like, sure, sure. It's yeah. There's like a lot of financial risk that people that that we talk about. That we take, sure. Well, sure. It's, and again, it, those can, you could be mindfully doing those things, but right. you, you could also be doing them impulsively or reactively, mm-hmm. right? Without mm-hmm. thinking. And that's not going to be helpful, right? Not so helpful. That, that doing things impulsively um, or over thrill seeking, for example, uh, that could put you in more danger, yes. right? So it's sort of this difference between um, mitigating or minimizing danger and then the attempt to eliminate danger, which is yes. not possible, right? Yeah, yeah. And so um, Sharon Salzberg, uh, mm-hmm. which many of our listeners have probably heard of, if you've ever done any kind of mindfulness stuff, uh, she has written and uh, indicated like, in order to practice, we have to surrender. You know, we have mm-hmm. to, to take risk. And I think that's a lot of what we're asking, say, our clients to do in session is like surrendering. And that's ultimately when you're meditating or sitting on the cushion, that's what you do. You're just surrendering. You're just surrendering to that cushion. I think it would be really helpful if you could clarify what surrender means. Cause I bet there are a lot of people listening that hear the words surrender and they imagine waving the white flag, like giving up, right. Which is obviously not, not what it is. Yeah. It's not a giving, giving up. Can you say a little bit more about what um, sort of like what surrender means from that, um, that more mindful lens? Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I, 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 you said the white flag, so you don't like that. And I'll say like the white flag could be a part of it, you know, where you're just simply saying, I'm good. Like whatever the content is, whatever the context is, whatever my experience is, I'm just Mm -hmm. surrendering to it. Like, I'm going to just watch what it is. I'm going to see how I feel. uh, Mm -hmm. And I'm going to just sit. So, so I think to your point, the surrendering could actually be like the leaning in, which a lot of people might not like, but the surrendering might actually be leaning in. Yeah. Yes. Um, I like, I like that. I like, I know you would, but you know, yeah. there's gonna be, you know, there's people that just don't yeah. love that leaning in thing now. Cause I feel like it's been a little over overwashed. Yeah. Overwashed. Sure. So, well, it's maybe I can then weave in here that surrender, um, is related to acceptance, right? It's yes. maybe we might even say it's like a, I don't it know, is. it's almost like a deep, a deeper acceptance yeah. or like sort of a, it's, it's Abs- a sibling yes. of it or something. Yes. Right. Yes. Cause that's what I mean. Cause that's what I said with the white flag is that because people often misinterpret acceptance as giving up too. And it's not right. right? Like there's, there's a more um, like, maybe we could say it this way, like releasing into, right. There's, you know, there's like a, I guess, I guess surrender maybe would incorporate uh, some kind of trust as well. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of thinking of those um, laughing because it's like, you know, those like kind of dorky team building exercise when you do a trust fall, you know, yeah. it's like, but that is surrender, right? That's like, maybe like a very, not so dorky. Yeah. Well, or very dorky, but you know, it's like that, that but moment of practice. letting, yeah. Letting yes. go into that. Um, you know, because so, all of us will have fear. And so I think in the East, we look at like, what's the role of fear and is fear driving my behavior? Yes. Yes. That's and right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to so uh, gracefully fall back mm-hmm. because if I, if the fear will prevent that. That's right. That's right. And, and so we're, we're really talking about today saying that like, if you're going to take mindful risks, it's like, are you mindfully willing to do the thing that elicits that fear? Right. Again, yeah. we're, we're not, we're not saying that you all have to surf 50 foot waves, right? Like that's not, no. we're not saying that, you know, you all have I to, won't. That's right. I will not either. Um, that's, that's not what we're talking about. It's about, are you willing to 
be uncomfortable and do things yeah. that are aligned with what uh, what your values are, what you want to be about, whilst knowing you don't know how it's going to turn out. Right. You don't know. You don't know what's on the other side of that that behavior. You know, yeah. like when you make a decision, it's a risk. We don't know the outcome. Yes. Right? Yeah. You know what's going to happen. What, what, what's can we go personal for a second? I mean, I. I, I, I mean. Maybe. We'll say, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I'm wondering, like, I'm sitting here thinking, like, what's the riskiest thing I've done? Because I will share that. So if I go to this catastrophic definition, which I know you've been trying to help us realize that yeah. life is just risk, but um, I do feel far more risk averse as I've aged, you know, and I think that that's mm. a thing. I, mm-hmm. I think, I think that there's sort of normal developmental risk aversion, like say, for example, like if I talk to my sister-in-law, she, you know, or she's like, well, ever since I've had these girls, like I'm less comfortable doing things I used to do, you know, because now that she's got two daughters, she sort of feels her mortality. But like right. what you've started by saying is like, you were, you were mortal before you had them. Well, well actually it's very funny. Um, what I'm thinking about as you're saying this, because I think that is true that with yeah. age, we become sometimes, um, more risk averse to things that are about our physical safety. I think yeah. actually, yes. though, I think, par- I think, I don't know if it's paradoxically or just like on the flip side, I think many of us with age though, become more skilled at yeah. taking risks that are about, um, about emotional safety that we're more willing to be vulnerable. Oh, that's true. You know what I'm oh, saying? That's that, so strength-based. Right? They're so good. Yes. Well, but I think that's because that's, because that's why I was thinking for myself, as you were saying that I was thinking, yeah. I, I, yes, as I've gotten older, I can become more scared of certain things that when I was younger, I didn't think surfing being actually a good example of that. Um, though, but, but emotionally I'm so much stronger at taking emotional risks and I just continue to get stronger. And yes, I love that. I love that distinction. And and so there's that context, Mm -hmm. you know, so for us to think about and for listeners to think about the context in which this risk will manifest uh, and so there is this like developmental risk aversion, maybe behaviorally or to our physical self. Uh, and so like, that's what I was thinking about is like, you know, I used to like travel all over the world. I would go by myself, you know, now, and now it's like, you know, people it sounds a lot scarier. It feels, yeah. More, yeah. It sounds yeah. Feels, and it feels scarier. Yeah. So again, in knowing you, I would say though, you also are, you continue to also be stronger in being taking more emotional risks, right. In, yes. in your life, yes. because you know, that, although I, I still know. won't talk politics with my brother, but whatever. <laughs> what well, does that we, say? We can, yeah. Well, maybe contextually, maybe that's the more effective choice, right? Like, we don't, you know, like, it was more, more effective choice. Uh, well, you know, I hope, um, I hope today listeners have, uh, maybe, uh, begin to think about risk-taking a little bit more thoroughly here. Right. Um, be hopefully able to leave this episode um, thinking about what they do, everything that they do as a risk. And I'd encourage everyone to see if you can take some mindful risks and trust that if those risks are aligned with your values, that regardless of what happens, you'll get stronger and be okay. This has been When East Meets West. I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin. And I'm Dr. Pete Economo. Be present, be brave. This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Rubin. Content is for informational and educational purposes only.